Doesn't it feel like fetal aneuploidy screening gets all the limelight and we kind of glance over or look over maternal carrier screening? I don't know, maybe it's just me, but... I feel like it's that way. So in this podcast, we're going to show a little love to maternal carrier screening for genetic disorders. What does ACOG say about it? Well, it has to say a lot. So let's get to that now. You have to love whatever you do. And at Clinical Pearls, we love medical education. Carrier screening is a term used to describe genetic testing performed on an asymptomatic individual to determine whether that person has a mutation or an abnormal allele within a gene that is associated with a particular disorder. Carrier screening can be performed for one specific condition or for multiple disorders. The likelihood of identifying someone as a carrier for an inherited genetic condition reflects the prevalence of the condition in a particular population. Traditionally, carrier screening was targeted towards specific ethnic populations known to be at increased risk of particular disorders, commonly known as ethnic-based screening, like screening of those of Ashkenazi Jewish descent for Tay-Shaz disease. However, in the present multiracial society, it is increasingly difficult to define an individual's specific ancestry. So, ACOG says the pretest probability of being a carrier for a specific disorder may not be consistent with previous assumptions about the prevalence of that disorder in the various ethnic and racial groups from which a patient identifies. In addition, according to the College's Committee Opinion 690, particular disorders are less likely to be confined only to a specific high-risk group because of the increased frequency of ethnic admixture of reproductive partners. This has prompted consideration of pan-ethnic screening. This is also called non-directive screening, in which carrier screening for a panel of disorders is offered to all individuals, regardless of ethnicity, rather than traditional ethnic based screening protocols. All right, guys, remember that screening for any condition is optional, and after counseling, a patient may decline any or all carrier screening. And remember that prenatal carrier screening does not replace newborn screening, nor does newborn screening diminish the potential benefit of prenatal carrier testing. And remember that carrier screening, whether it's targeted for a specific disorder or expanded, is ideal because it provides patients with the opportunity to learn their carrier status and allows reproductive partners to discover if they are both carriers of the same condition before pregnancy. The reality, of course, is that carrier screening will not identify all individuals who are at risk of the screened condition because not every possible disease-producing mutation or allele is screened and because de novo mutations can still arise. So patients should be counseled regarding residual risk with any test result. Although predefined panels are marketed by commercial labs, OBGYNs and other healthcare providers should carefully evaluate the conditions included and determine the appropriateness of the panels offered. As an alternative, some providers might choose to work with companies that perform expanded carrier screening to create a panel that is customized to suit their practice. Now here's a clinical pearl. The availability of expanded carrier screening still does not preclude the appropriateness of ethnic-based screening based on a particular family history. 
Clinical Pearls family, this podcast is covering two separate pieces from the college. And the first part was just a quick recap of Committee Opinion 690, which originally was confirmed in March of 2017, but it was just reaffirmed 2020. When we come back, we're going to take a look at the other Committee Opinion from the college, which is number 691. As per Committee Opinion 691, information about genetic carrier screening should be provided to every pregnant woman. After counseling, a patient may decline any or all screening. Carrier screening and counseling ideally should be performed before pregnancy. If an individual is found to be a carrier for a specific condition, the individual's reproductive partner should be offered testing in order to receive informed genetic counseling about potential reproductive outcomes. Concurrent screening of the patient and her partner is suggested if there are time constraints for decisions about prenatal diagnostic evaluation. If both partners are found to be carriers of a genetic condition, then genetic counseling should be offered. Prenatal diagnosis and advanced reproductive technologies to decrease the risk of an effective offspring should be discussed. Now, this is always a typical board question when somebody asks about carrier screening. Remember that carrier screening for a particular condition generally should be performed only once in a person's lifetime, and the results should be documented in the patient's health record. Now, if the patient moves physicians and, of course, doesn't have her health record, this is why communicating the results and what was actually screened to the patient is so vital because the patient herself is the chart. Because of the rapid evolution of genetic testing, additional mutations may be included in newer screening panels that may be attractive to the patient. The decision to rescreen a patient should be undertaken only with the guidance of a genetics professional who can best assess the incremental benefit of repeat testing for additional mutations. Now, there are two specific conditions which ACOG states should be offered to all women, and that is spinal muscular atrophy and testing for cystic fibrosis. Screening for spinal muscular atrophy, or SMA, should be offered to all women who are considering pregnancy or are currently pregnant. In a patient with a family history of SMA, molecular testing reports of the affected individual and carrier testing of the related parent should be reviewed, if possible, before testing. If the reports are not available, then SMN1 deletion testing should be recommended for the low-risk partner. Spinal muscular atrophy is an autosomal recessive disease characterized by degeneration of spinal cord motor neurons that leads to atrophy of skeletal muscle and overall weakness. The disorder is caused by a mutation in the gene known as a survival motor neuron gene, or SMN1, which is responsible for the production of a protein essential to motor neuron function. Because of the severity and the relatively high carrier frequency, there's been increasing interest in carrier screening for SMA in the general prenatal population. The genetics of spinal muscular atrophy, though, are complex, and because of limitations in the molecular diagnostic assays available, precise prediction of the phenotypic expression of this condition in affected fetuses may not be possible. And the other condition, which ACOG says should be a universal offering, is cystic fibrosis. Cystic fibrosis carrier screening should be offered to all women who are considering pregnancy or are currently pregnant. Complete analysis of the CFTR gene by DNA sequencing is not appropriate for routine carrier screening. 
for couples in which both partners are unaffected, but one or both has a family history of cystic fibrosis. Genetic counseling and medical record review should be performed to determine if CFTR mutation analysis in the affected family member is available. Pre-pregnancy and prenatal carrier screening for CF was introduced into routine OB practice back in 2001. The goal of cystic fibrosis carrier screening is to identify individuals at risk of having a child with classic cystic fibrosis, which is defined by significant pulmonary disease and pancreatic insufficiency. Cystic fibrosis is more common among the non-Hispanic white population compared with other racial and ethnic populations. However, because of the increased difficulty in assigning a single ethnicity to individuals, in 2005, ACOG recommended offering cystic fibrosis carrier screening to all patients. Remember, as a clinical pearl, that cystic fibrosis is the most common life-threatening autosomal recessive condition in the non-Hispanic white population. All right, podcast family, as we wrap this up, let's just quickly go down the list of what can be included in the expanded carrier screening panel. Remember, this also includes the thalassemias, alpha, and beta. Screening for an expanded panel can include Bloom syndrome, Canavan disease, cystic fibrosis, familial dysautonomia, familial hyperinsulinism, Fanconi anemia C, fragile X syndrome, galactosemia, Goucher's disease, glycogen storage disease type 1A, Joubert syndrome, medium chain ACL-CoA dehydrogenase deficiency, maple syrup urine disease types 1A and 1B, mucolipidosis 4, Neiman-Pick disease type A, PKU, sickle cell anemia, Smith-Lemley-Optit syndrome, and, of course, SMA that we discussed. And we can't leave out, of course, the classic Teichas disease, which has a frequency of about 1 in 300 in Ashkenazi Jewish descent and 1 in 30 in French-Canadian and Cajun descent. All right, podcast family, that brings us to a wrap. We have covered two committee opinions, 690 and 691, dealing with genetic carrier screening, which can be done ideally preconception, but of course can be part of the prenatal screening algorithms. Thanks for being part of our podcast family. And we'll see you next time on Clinical Pearls.